Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I am MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with me in another episode. Uh, Boy, I've got a great episode uh, for you guys today. Uh, Joining me is my friend Maureen McCann from Spartan Invest. Welcome back to the show, Maureen. Oh, MC, always nice to see you. Love being here on your show. Can't wait to chat with you in the audience. Absolutely. I'm very, very excited uh, to chat and get into a lot of things because... As I mentioned before, I always appreciate our conversations and we had a conversation a week ago and, you know, during the conversation, we're like, man, we should, we should definitely talk about all of this because there's a lot of uh, great information that we can share uh, with our, with our networks and, and uh, there's some stuff here that could help a lot of people. So I figured we'd dive into a lot of different things and just uh, share some ideas. Let me take a step back first. Maureen has been on the Cashflow Ninja show a number of times uh, talking about turnkey, uh, different markets, especially the fantastic real estate market in Birmingham, Alabama. If you have not listened to any of those episodes, go to CashflowNinja.com and type in Maureen McCann or Spartan Invest and catch up on all of those episodes. They're jam-packed with value, so I'd highly recommend that. But uh, Maureen, for folks that are not familiar with you and what you do, can you please just share a little bit about yourself and your journey and a little bit about your background? Sure. So um, VP of sales and co-founder of a company called Spartan Invest. We focus on just helping investors create massive amounts of passive income through owning single-family rental properties. We predominantly like the Southeast, low property taxes, lots of job growth happening there. And so we basically, we go out and we buy, we renovate, we tenant, place a tenant in, get that thing cash flowing, we manage that asset for our investors. And I, you know, simple background as I I was a W-2, went to become a business owner, just recognized that I wasn't getting ahead in life with, you know, being a W-2 with with having very little availability to reduce my taxes. Um, I just didn't have those opportunities where I did with um, owning real estate and starting a business. And so I recognized that if I wanted to create the wealth, if I wanted to design the life that I wanted, I knew that what I was doing was not going to get me there. So 10 years ago, I made the transition. Very scary. It's a big paradigm shift. I'm sure a lot of you are listening. You're like, God, I would love to do that. But for X, Y, and Z reasons, we can make up all kinds of excuses or reasons why we can't do something. I made that transition out of a very secure, stable, corporate American job and jumped into starting a business where we had no marketing budget. We had no buyers list. I was in the middle of a divorce with three kids under the age of five. And you know what? When you throw yourself in the fire, you've got to figure a way out. And so that's what I did. And honestly, I have to say, MC, it's been one of the most rewarding, fulfilling journeys I've ever been on. And it's, it's only brought me to quality people like you and some others in the industry that just completely can continually elevate my mind, my game, and my wealth. Fantastic. And I also just want to mention that there is an event that is, is held in Birmingham, Alabama annually. 
the Spartan Summit, which I was privileged to attend last year, which was great, an event that you guys put on for investors. It was a very, very high quality event with just some incredible people there. Um, so you guys did provide a massive amount of value for all of your investors and folks in your network. So that's something definitely to be aware of because there most likely will be events like that in the future as well. I know that there were some, some things in the works. That being said let's jump into this current state that we're in so this is recorded about uh the beginning of may if you're listening to this this episode obviously it's been a very very interesting year but it's not just all negative there's a lot of positives out there and i know that you have a lot of positive things to share in your business and in your industry uh so what what have you been seeing what what's been going on in your world <laughs> thanks mc yeah i think for the for your audience it's just really important to recognize that turn off the news. There's so much negative, just sense sensationalized headlines to really capture your attention. Ratings are what make those networks thrive. And the more sensational they can make it, the more ratings they get. And I was getting kind of usurped into and sucked into their um, negative vortex and it was not serving me well. And so once I turn off the news, that was step number one. Step number two was just kind of tune into what was happening around me and in, in my business and my professional, personal and personal lives. And I have to tell you that the, the one thing that I know what people are looking for right now is certainty in uncertain times. There's, you know, oh, the unemployment rate's so high. We're in a massive recession. It's never happened like this before. But there are some really good things that are happening. And it's not, to, it's not to downplay that some people are hurting right now. I mean, the hospitality industry, the travel industry, the leisure world, yes, they are definitely affected in a negative fashion by this COVID-19 that just showed up, you know, in the, in the world. But it will rebound. They will come back. Hotels will open. Restaurants will open. Bars will open. As a matter of fact, we're starting to see some of that already. So that's happening. And in, in the real estate world, what has been really fascinating to me, honestly, just to share with you guys, is that three out of the last five recessions, real estate has increased in value. So whether it was 2008 global financial crisis, a pandemic now, 9-11, three out of the last five recessions, real estate has prevailed. So what this tells, what this should tell our listeners, right, is that real estate is not necessarily recession proof, like it's untouchable, but it has definitely got a strong track record that real estate is recession resistant and grows during recessions. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's interesting in real estate too is looking at the trends and obviously looking at the this this crisis, this health crisis that, that brought on all of this. Things are definitely going to change, you know, moving forward as far as it's almost like I don't want to use this phrase but it is going to be the new normal. You're going to see people with masks. Um, there's going to be uh, some distancing between people in areas. Um, I mean, I can see them spacing tables, for example, at restaurants or having airplanes with empty seats. I just spoke with someone that was just flying recently. And she was saying that, and this was in the past week, that literally they had tape that they put X's on seats that people weren't allowed to sit in the plane, which is very insightful because I've not spoken to anyone that has traveled 
or gotten on a plane recently and she she unfortunately had someone that that passed in her family so she was flying back to and it was sort of an emergency flight from overseas coming in from the Caribbean but it literally I mean they were taping the seats and there was space between it so then I look at that and then I'm like Warren Buffett just sold all of his airline stock and got out of it so maybe he knows something that we don't know that this might be the new normal when you're flying and the airports will change and, and all these things okay so how does this relate to real estate MC get to the point I'll get there <laughs> um, <laughs> so when, when you look at real estate the trend that and you and I spoke about it briefly is the move from the big cities where people, you know, and people will still live in big cities, of course. I'm not saying, saying that there's going to be empty cities, but rural real estate and more away, and I mean suburbs and suburbs of suburbs, basically, if you want to go that way, it's going to be very attractive for people when they're looking to live somewhere now with this experience that they just had, if that makes sense, right? Oh yeah, I would even add, I was on a, I sat, um, well, I listened to a panelist, a group of panelists last week. It was Corvass, some commercial real estate folks, some single family folks that owned, you know, the 6,500 doors, 7,000 doors, and then the multi-units had whatever, I can't even remember the number, but what was interesting on the conversation there was that not only are you seeing sort of the, I think the idea of um, people living in high densely populated areas wanting to find more space. Um, yeah. I think that that is very applicable to uh, even today, because um, we've been seeing it really, is you've got multi-unit buildings that are full of people, right? But they're always coming in going you're not all there at the same time usually maybe at night when you're sleeping but not 24 7 all the time and so now you've got all of these multi-units that are filled they're loud they're noisy they can be smelly sometimes you know i think of this one lady she was perming her hair or something and it went all through the hallways and people were complaining about it so you have smaller space more people higher tension and then what we've seen, and there was a there was a build to rent business person on the call too, and he was saying that his business is skyrocketing because, and just like ours is too, because you have these people that are in these multi-units and now they've got some stimulus money. Maybe they're still working, they're getting some stimulus money, they have some income tax return money. Now they've got a few thousand dollars that they can move. And they want to get out of that tight, densely populated space. So I think whether it's a big city or it's a multi-unit, I think there is a, the human nature is to push to get more space. And then the new working, the new normal working trend too, is something that oh. comes to mind too, that how people will work, which was very impressive. Another positive of everything that's going on was uh, the positive is how impressed I am with how quickly companies adapted to remote working. It, I mean, it was literally a week and I saw big, very big national companies mm -hmm. literally turn it around in a week. And maybe they had like a couple of down days, but then they were back up and running again and everybody was remote. So now turning into the trend of, yes, a smaller apartment in the big city when you're working from home. So you're going to be working from home, <laughs> literally stuck somewhere for the entire day. So you might want to consider maybe a little bit more space or a little bit more bang for your buck, as they say, and look to a place with a yard or just some more space in the burbs rather than being in the city if you're going to work from home. Yeah, we've seen that. I mean, just with our business, MC, we've seen, I mean, because people, a lot of the investors are asking me, the biggest question on their mind is, are we collecting rent? Are, are residents still paying rent? And um, honestly, we didn't really know in March. Well, we did know in March because 
um, we were halfway through the month when all of this started really gaining momentum um, and all the shelter in place orders started being implemented across the nation and actually really across the world. And so we were unaware unsure of what was going to happen, but we at least had the majority of the rent collected because it was mid-March. We didn't know what was going to happen for April and we put an incentive out there. We did a survey. We basically said, hey, if you've been affected by COVID, let us know. We want to know. We want to help you as a property management company. Out of 1,200 doors, we had 224 responses. Only nine were able to support, provide supporting documentation that they were laid off. So some opportunists in there, I don't blame them. Hey, you know, they're trying to do something, but only nine could really prove that they were laid off. Now, if this was a Vegas situation, probably a different story. The numbers were going to be very skewed in a, in a very different way. Um, but because Birmingham and Huntsville are not like big vacation touristy, let's go get a sip of martini by a pool in Birmingham, Alabama, that's not what happens here or there. So, so it was very, very different in different markets. And where we find ourselves now is that in April, we put a little incentive out there just to see, hey, we want to know how affected our entire resident population is. And because of that little incentive that we put out there, so it was a $75 discount if you paid your rent on time. We had 87% of the rent by the fifth of the month. And then that's when we knew that for us and in Birmingham and Huntsville, our markets were more insulated from the effects of COVID just because when you look at our overall GDP, we're not hospitality, travel, travel and leisure are on the list, but they're not high on the list. MC Lobsher, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, Go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Yeah, and that, like you said, I mean, it's going to be very market specific. Some markets are going to get, get hit pretty hard. You mentioned Vegas. I just think of, I mean, it's basically that that's the industry is people coming into casinos and then all the other ancillary businesses around that. And I mean, some markets that's heavily reliant on tourism, I could definitely see that that really taking a beating, but certain markets will still still go along. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I don't really have an opinion yet because I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see once a lot of the states start opening up back again to see how that affects the unemployment filings or if people are hiring back folks. It's going to be interesting to see because, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very large unemployment number that's out there. So that's definitely something to keep, just keep our eyes on just to see how that progresses. And and like I said, who knows at this point, right? It, you know, I was listening to um, Sam Zell, which uh, for listeners and viewers is when you, when you talk real estate, uh, he's someone that I definitely follow and um, try to consume as much of his content as possible. He was um, one of the investors before the loss crisis that sold the majority of his real estate holdings before the 2008 crisis and then bought a lot of that back afterwards. He's also a big player in the manufactured housing space, mobile home park space and so forth. And he was just saying too that, you know, everybody was trying to get answers like, what does Sam Zell have to say? And he goes, we're still, I mean, price discovery has to be out there. We have to, we, we don't know what's going on. Nothing's happening. You know, everything is purely speculation and bets and, and so forth. So, but it is very, very uh, comforting to see too, that the, there has been such a large collection of, of, of rents, which is, which is great news. 
Yeah, we've seen that across. I've talked to some other um, turnkey operators too, and they've seen the same thing. Like the there, are, of course, there's a certain percentage of their of the resident population that are renting that are affected, but not nearly to the degree or the magnitude that we were all thinking. I guess if you listen to the you know the news, you, you kind of translate their sensationalism into oh my god, this is going to be part of my business. And you know, if you've got twenty percent of the population that's unemployed, does it mean that fifty percent of your population can't pay rent? Like that's just those numbers don't quite work like that. So, um, so we've been, what's been nice about, uh, and I think, which is nice to share with your, with your audience, for our audience is that one of the beautiful things about having this shelter in place is uh, Spartan, as well as some other companies I know, they have electronic lock boxes. So you can actually show properties without having to have physical interaction with anyone. Now we pride ourselves on that. We have six full-time leasing agents and they love to you know, be the concierge and kind of help residents find the right home for them. But in a time like this, luckily we had those, um, we call them ELBs for sure, electronic lockboxes, and, and residents can self-show. They can walk in, self-show. We can sign leases from afar. Everything's done remote, like you said, and I love what you said earlier. It's amazing when something happens, you see the real savvy businesses pivot and they don't, they, they pivot quickly. They don't contract. They might regroup for a moment. Think about, okay, what's strategically the next best step to take right now? And then what's the next best, best step after that? And they methodically and consistently put things into action. They put more marketing dollars when other people are contracting so that they have more of a name and a face in a world that, you know, more, more their competitions are sitting on the sidelines because they're contracting and afraid. And that's not the way to operate. And it's kind of like, I love you, Benjamin Warren Buffett. He always says, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. And this is many, many people are fearful. And this is where the, the Zells and the Buffets and those minds, those mindsets, and that's totally them, they recognize that this is the time to jump in, to invest, to, to take advantage of an opportunity where everyone else is fearful. And that is your, your playing field has just been reduced significantly. You've got a better advantage to take advantage of better deals. Absolutely. And it also come, comes with clarity too, right? One of the things that I've seen and learned during this time too, is a lot of folks that are doing really well and still building stuff and their businesses are still running full speed is people that, that have clarity. So that I've seen two different types of approaches. The one is just positive and that works in certain instances but you know if you're sitting on a train track you can be as positive as you can be <laughs> or want to be that train's still coming over you where if you see the train coming you pivot you get off the track number one and then now you you have clarity you can see what's going on and now you can capitalize on on opportunities um and i think um the clarity provides also some some certainty you know i see it with the the big investors with the moves that they're making and listening to you mentioned warren buffett listening to the shareholders meeting that was done virtually which was interesting uh to to consume that too yeah i mean the clarity is huge and especially when people are getting sucked in with negativity into the news which by design is there to suck you in and tell you the worst kind of stuff under the planet's going to happen to you because that actually draws people in, <laughs> you know? So if you're getting sucked in by that, you're getting sucked in by negativity with people, you know, 
neighbors, family, whoever, then it's very, very easy to just want to grab a, you know, a giant tub of Ben and Jerry's and sit <laughs> on the couch and just stay there for, you know, for a month or so. So you have to control that environment that, that you're operating in, um, have clarity, and then understand that there's going to be enormous opportunities. Because as you mentioned, the, the playing field, the majority of folks that was, let's just say, in the same space as you were, they, they're not even getting out of bed the last month. Um, so just right there, knowing that the playing field is, is, is there's there's a lot of players off the field and it's, it's never going to be level ever. And you can position it in your favor. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it reminds me when we talked last week, you were telling me about this conversation that happened between these two investors. And one was talking about how he lost a lot in the market you know, and was contracting back. And the other one was like, well, I didn't really lose anything. He was like, well, how did that happen? Right. And so the, it, it comes down to those that take action and that those that are inactive. And I, I like your, I like your example because I, unfortunately I have to admit, I do know people that in the last 30 days, they have net, they have binged on Netflix. They have been in, in they have um, been imbibing in lots of uh, alcohol and um, doing virtual like happy hours and things when they could have been spending the last 30, 60 days investing in themselves, learning a new skill, networking into different groups, joining different podcasts. Like there's so many other things that they could do, but they're just sort of sitting back on the sidelines and they're letting everyone else who's not thinking that way you know, jump in and take advantages. And I know that your business, you know, you said that your business was thriving when we talked last week. And I was, I was delighted and surprised and, and then not really surprised because of the product that you offer and then how it so beautifully ties into acquiring cash flowing assets. So I'd love to hear more about what's going on in your world. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think the big thing and again, to tie back to those investors, right? The big thing about the big thing about being able to take advantage when the time is right and capitalizing on opportunities is having liquidity at a time when opportunity presents itself. So that's the big thing that we've been talking about and at my firm Producers Wealth with our clients and so forth is preparing folks and building up a war chest, as we call it, of liquidity, having six to 12 months of liquidity on hand at all and at any given point in time. And especially as we were looking at 2020 at the end of last year, you know, <laughs> it's an election year. It feels like every year is one, right? But it, it's an election year. It's 2020. The last one was a roller coaster. It was mass chaos. And the chances are that this one is going to be even worse than the last one. So we figured that, you know, we've had a, a massive long run economic expansion. Uh, we've got an election year. There's a lot of different wild cards. I mean, it was just prepare because opportunities might present itself. Obviously, a health crisis that we're involved in right now was nowhere near on the cards or in any, you know, <laughs> in any crystal ball that anybody probably see. Um, so that wasn't, but building liquidity and reserves was, and, and having capital on hand to deploy has always been very, very important of any strategy. So that that's positioned a lot of folks in our network very, very well for potential opportunities that come up. And 
yeah, we've been we've been very um, blessed to be able to help a lot of folks during this time because people, you know, share, especially in the network of different strategies and what they were doing and how they were positioning capital. And um, as my viewers and listeners know, we we warehouse a lot of our liquidity and overfunded life insurance contracts with mutual insurance carriers and mutual insurance carriers is not involved in the stock market. So it's completely outside of the market, the, the, the stock market. So when there was a massive crash in equities, 30 to 40%, all of the folks that warehouse their capital and liquidity in there was did not see the value of their cash value and their policies go down. So that was the first thing, you know, for me personally, we talk about certainty, Having certainty in an uncertain world is is huge, ties into clarity. So during that time, yes, it was great because, you know, that is the one thing that I knew, you know, all the other stuff, moving pieces, you're like, you know, there's real estate, there's this, there's that, you know, and again, you're talking about rents, you're talking about that. So there's still some, some variables, but there is something that's certain that's right there, capital, which will allow you runway if you need it for your business, but will also allow you access to use when you have opportunities. So that was the one thing that was huge. And that, and by the way, that was one of the biggest lessons I think so far out of this whole health crisis too, was how unprepared people were for the inevitable. Because at some stage, some, I mean, individuals and businesses, right? How unprepared they were for the inevitable because it was gonna happen at some stage, something bad is going to happen. Bad things happen to good people all the time, <laughs> all the time, right? And um, being in a position to prepare for whatever might come is something I think that, again, ties into to certainty, which then plugs into your abundance mindset, because it's very, very hard to live in abundance and have a, have a worldview and a mindset of abundance if there's so many uncertain things. That gets you to creep back into scarcity. So yeah, that, that's definitely been one of the things, uh, having that, and then also having a strategy, because yes, it's one piece of the, the puzzle is the overfunded life insurance contract, but then there's an entire strategy of what you do and how you do it and what the portfolio consists of. And yes, there might be some pieces that are shaken. You know, we talk about, a couple of different pillars, you know, cash creation is one of them. Everybody makes money somehow, right? Maybe you have a business. That's one of the pillars. Cash capture is where you position capital and liquidity. It could be life insurance. It could be uh, self-directed IRAs. It could be, you know, gold, gold and silver. Not that it's very liquid, but you can collateralize it and get a loan against it. But anyway, so that's that's kind of some of the areas that people put it in. Then there's cash flow creation, cash growth, and then cash control is kind of the pillars. So when you look at an overall strategy is you have to make your money, you have to position the money that you make somewhere to protect it. Then you have to deploy it into real estate for cash flow or in other assets for growth. And then you have to have a sufficient tax strategy and good asset protection. So when, when you have an overall strategy and the world throws something at you, now you can at least look, things are going to be off balance. It's, it's not everything's going to be peachy keen, jelly bean, right? 
Um, it's going to be off balance. Some of it, some of it is going to get rocked. But if you have a core that's really, really strong, almost like a keystone, since I'm in Pennsylvania, um, the keystone state, uh, if you have a keystone and something that's really, really solid and a really good solid foundation underneath you, then you can you can manage, if you will, ma- you know, manage manage the portfolio in times of crises and get clarity and then capitalize on opportunities. Yeah, and that's the, that's a good point that you make because I, even with some of my communications with my investors, I've got some that they have houses, you know, they they own multiple homes, they've got equity in their primary, but they also have paid off um, uh, rental properties and. They're, they they want to capitalize on the opportunity now with the very, very low, cheap money that's available that you can lock into for 30 years, right? And they want to get the money now, but the problem is, is that the lending, um, the, the, the banking institutions, they prioritize, like they're going to give, they're going to give first time home buyers, they're going to get priority first. Refis and cash out refis and HELOCs, you're in the back of the bus right so you have to wait you have to wait in line now you've got all these people that are trying to go okay i need to get this i need to capitalize i need to get my cash out that what you're talking about and what i what i love is you have to have that capital i think you said capture you've got to have it already stored somewhere and access to it where you don't have to go to try to go to a lender and ask them to get the capital you already have it so that when an opportunity presents itself in a time of crisis, because there's always opportunity, there's opportunity in everything. It's just about how you look at it, right? And if you wanna take advantage of it, you gotta have the capital that's available to you quickly so that you can then lock in, like some of my investors are doing, they're locking into super cheap money for 30 years with appreciating assets that produce cash flow and they get the benefit of depreciation every year on their tax schedule for 27 and a half years. It's the wealth building strategy that works whether you're in a pandemic or not. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. And that's, that's the thing though, too. I think sometimes because it's the way that we're marketed to, that it's all about, you know, when people look at where to position capital, it's all about where can I get the biggest rate of return and return and return and return. That sometimes it's like, no, no, you just need access to it when you need it. Because the returns that you can get when you deploy, can deploy capital and opportunities, it, I mean, it could be a game changer. It could be really, it could change the trajectory of your family and your entire life if you have access to capital at the moment when you need it and you know as you know the majority of the time when people actually need access to it is when it's not available you know you mentioned the HELOCs we've already got it was a JP Morgan Chase um, Wells Fargo they're discontinuing products HELOC products I mean we can see that that rolling out to other other ones too so you're going to have to you're going to position it somewhere, need to place capital where you can access it 
when the opportunity presents itself to capitalize on opportunities moving forward. And that's why we, we say having cash on hand is huge in our network. Get your hands on cash, whether it's savings, whether it's now through the CARES Act, you can access some of the qualified retirement plans, right? The 401ks and 403bs and IRAs up to 100,000 and, and, and spread the taxes due on that money over the course of three years, right? So that's, and, and also be aware of money in brokerage accounts, where all of this is, because um, that's going to be very, very important too. We don't know what's ahead, what headwinds are ahead, um, what other crises might be, but I, I can probably, you know, without looking at a crystal ball, speculate that there could be potentially be financial institutions that could be in trouble if you look at the environment that they're in uh, and their environment. So having access to cash is huge. Having your money in a safe place with the, in a, in a, in a, or the right institution is huge too. And then the other thing that you and I had mentioned too is having access to credit, even different establishing different credit lines. Because as you now see with HELOCs, they're getting, some of them are getting frozen or the products are discontinued. But there's other avenues, too, of unsecured and secured lines and so forth, because, again, you, you're going to want a war chest of cash, overfunded ca you know, uh, insurance uh, contracts and cash value and that, credit lines. It, these are just all tools, but combined, they're going to equip you to capitalize on opportunities. Yeah, I mean, just think about kind of like broad stroke here. Let's say you've got... Um, an investor that has, you know, cash available to them through your overfunded insurance, life insurance policy. They are sitting in a position where they go, okay, I can, I can, you know, leverage some of that cash with, you know, from my life insurance policy, leverage it with some bank money that I can get to, to uh, leverage myself into these cash flowing properties that will produce cash flow. Imagine, okay, imagine if that same person executed that strategy in 2008, right? when money was cheap, uh, res banks had a lot of properties they didn't want, right? And they needed investors to take these products off their hands and they were willing to let them go at very, very um, deep discounts. And, you know, let's say we fast forward today and they implemented those strategies that you're talking, you and I are talking about. And if they had 15 doors, 10 doors that were cash flowing and they lost their job, are they worried? If the rent's coming in, no. And they had all that years of appreciation as well and the tax benefits. So from learn from, you know, and there was a lot of people in 2008 that sat on the sidelines, again, because of fear. And they, they were paralyzed by fear and they were listening to the sensational headlines and they got stuck there and they missed a great opportunity to create and build some wealth. And here's another opportunity, unexpected as it may be. And prior to the arrival, man, like you mentioned, the economy was roaring, roaring. And had this thing not shown up, I think we would still be going, right? In a really strong, positive direction because all of the facets and the factors show that we were moving in a very, very positive direction. But something was going to happen, something. We all know something was going to happen. And this is really the, the call to take a moment, reevaluate your financial picture, think about the way you think about money and wealth building. This might be a time to like do things a little bit differently, even doing the things that scare you because the things that scare you is what makes you grow versus staying stuck in where you've been for however long. And if you want something different, you've got to do something different. It's very cliche, but it's true. And you have to do things that scare you because it's just a construct in your mind. And you get to the other side, you're like, dang, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And you come out better financially on the other side and you influence other people to do the same. And 
you create generational wealth for your family. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Absolutely. And time to get creative. Um, we talk about collateralization quite a bit, which is essentially the life insurance strategy that we talk about, building up cash value and collateralizing that. But get creative and look at other resources that you may have. I mentioned another one, gold and silver. There are certain companies that allow you to borrow against your gold and silver holdings without having to sell it. It's just collateralizing that. So you can get cash that way. You might have a business. Everybody knows about that collateralization strategy of getting a credit line secured by receivables, getting a credit line secured by the assets of the business, you know, other commodities, even art. That's that's one of them. A little bit harder, commodity-based finance. Asset-based lending is one. There's certain stock portfolios. I'm trying to think like there's just so many, you could get really creative, even for the crypto folks. And there, there's definitely a lot of folks out there listening that are into Bitcoin and all that. You can even place that as collateral with certain institutions that'll borrow you money secured by, for example, a Bitcoin to use. Um, again, I don't endorse any of these. What I'm trying to communicate just is get creative. Think out. There's no more box. It's new. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the post reset world. There's no box. There's just ideas. Get creative. Figure out how you can position yourself because, yeah, there'll be different waves of this coming. And with every wave, there'll be challenges. It's not going to be easy, but there'll also be with all of these challenges, enormous opportunities for people uh, to explore. So, and to your point, what a great time to get your house in order and get things in place and take inventory and evaluate your strategy and what you need to have in place. There's certain things right now that you can do that are so powerful. One of the things that I shared with someone the other day, now that our families to get, are together for most of the time, you know, <laughs> uh, for a long time already, a lot of togetherness, but one of the things is really to have the conversations that you never had time to have, right? And, and do things like, um, you know, a family constitution, which is huge, you know, wh what, do you, what are you guys looking to accomplish as a family? What's the vision for the family? What's the goals of the family? What do they stand for? What do they stand stand against? What are some of the th ideas in, that the family has around health? Is that a priority? Is that something that should be invested in? What about relationships? What about money? Do we talk about money in the house? Do we not talk about money in the house? All these different things. And you, again, can get very creative with it. But these are, again, golden opportunities to have the conversations that we don't have time for or don't make a priority. But now we have time to, uh, because we are together to have those conversations. So, um, you know, def definitely see it as a gift, how long this might still last and this opportunity in this time in life. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of things to, to be positive about and to be thankful for. Gosh, you make all really, really good points. I mean, this is a kind of a reset period. And when, when do we ever get the time like this to be home and together to create that constitution, that plan, and that regroup to be, I love what you said, because I did uh, with my two girls, they're 12 and 13, and I had them start reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. It was the book that changed my mindset about wealth building and money principles. And um, you know, they, re they read a chapter and then we have, a, they write some notes on it and then we have a dialogue about it. Cause they want to get that in, you know, inside their brain. But th this is just a golden opportunity because it's a golden opportunity to regroup and to reset, but it's also 
there's a lot of positives that are happening too. I mean, some states are starting to open their businesses. You know, you see that there's things are starting to change. It's not all locked down and stay inside and, you know, not do anything. There's so much opportunity around you to, to uh, regroup, to reset, to rethink, to re-strategize, to reconnect and have those conversations with people that you need to or want to, and then start looking at the glimmers of hope around you with the states opening, businesses are opening um, slowly, albeit. I mean, I just talked to one of my clients, he's a VP of Disney, and Disney just opened Singapore. Now Singapore, they can, um, they can the capacity is 86,000. The government gave them an opportunity to open it up to 30% of that 86,000, but initially starting at 5,000 people. So you know, they just opened up downtown Disney in Singapore. And so you're starting to see some things happen, you know, kind of going to normalize, but on a slower scale, but it's happening. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. This has been, this has been great, Maureen, as always, this is, uh, these conversations are great and uh, I'm very appreciative and my listeners and my viewers are very appreciative. Some final thoughts and then where folks can learn more about you, where can they follow you and reach out uh, and stay in touch of all of the many things that you're involved with. So final thoughts are, would be number one, literally turn off the news. Do not listen to it. You can get little bits of information from Twitter or from your friends or for wherever. You do not need to be listening to it 24 seven and getting sucked up into the negative vortex that could just bring your emotional state down. Turn it off. Number two, do something different that you've never done before. Tune into a new podcast. MC happens to have a really good podcast. You may want to keep tuning into if you're a new listener here, right? Um, Surround yourself with different people, different ideas. Get a book. Go on to Amazon. Amazon's still delivering, right? Get Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Look at wealth building principles. I'm all about wealth building. I'm about cash flow. Like I am like, because I didn't grow up very wealthy, so I want it for myself and my family, but it's not going to fall out of the sky into my lap. I've got to learn it. And I've got to be the role model to my kids. So don't binge watch Netflix. Get out of the Ben and Jerry's Rocky Road or whatever it is, right? And tune into who you are, what you want, what your new family constitution is, and recognize that there are opportunities and positive things all around you. It's all of your perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that I will add to it too is, you know, one of the things that I share, like what I do personally too, is ask myself, who do I need to be and who do I need to become? What type of person is going to get through this on the other side and come through stronger and better and build amazing things during this time? Because regardless of who you are, there are going to be times that you're like, oh, Everybody has their down moments, right? So you have to keep asking yourself that question because it's not going to be easy, but this is going to be an, an either an incredible time that you're going to look back at and say, oh my goodness, we, we went through that and came out the other side and build amazing stuff. And, you know, new companies are going to be started during this time, right? Just during, like during the last time. So coming through this, who is the person that will get through this? Who do I need to become to get through this and come through the, on the other end, bigger and stronger and, uh, 
yeah, and, and inspire not only myself, but my family and then people in my network. You do that, MC. That's why I like I'm friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again. Really appreciate you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And as always, adding so much value and sharing so many valuable insights. Um, and by the way, if you haven't, definitely check out the other shows that Maureen was featured in, cashflowninja.com. Just type in Maureen McCann or Spartan Invest and you'll find our episode. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.